everybody i'm eureka john and you're at eureka street crypto broadcasting live from leander texas it is 5 51 in the morning on february 11th 2022 and uh yeah it's friday man i'm ready to uh finish this last day of work before i go to denver next week and i know i've shilled the hell out of that but i'll be at dow denver and east denver and uh, looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, I'll be making the drive there on Sunday. But uh, anyway, this is my morning crypto uh, brain dump, um, a.k.a. video blog, where I um, dump on you all the things that I learn in crypto on a daily basis. And there's always something going on and happening in the crypto space. And I'm always learning something. So, I mean, I've been doing this. Well, daily for a while, over a year, I did it daily. I don't do it daily anymore because I have a bunch of other stuff going on. But um, since October 24th, 2020, I've been doing this. And uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, this is episode number 409, 409, Formula 409. Yep, that magic spray that your mom had and, and uh, in the 80s <laughs> and would clean just about anything up. Um, yes, the old cleaner cabinet and... Uh, I got to put that's before we had child safety locks. Um, speaking of which, uh, my daughter um, got into the nail polish and decided she wanted to see what it tasted like and took a, a, a little pull off of uh, the, the acetone nail polish that, that uh, um, my wife has. And it's not been a fun night. You know, it's like that whole balance. Like, do you rush them to the emergency room? I know like about. You know, three tablespoons is a lethal dose. Um, it's not it's not pretty. It's not been fun. So uh, it's been a long night. This whole kind of do we take or not? Uh, um, she's fine. Um, you know, we, yeah, she. Yes, she had acetone all over the place and she got it on her face. Her cheeks were red. Poor little girl. Um, and, uh, you know, but it was just kind of a tense night. So I'm a little tired right now. Um, but that's what happens when you have small children. Um, it's always just this kind of like balance of where you're going to be at as a parent. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, like emergency room visits, it's not only the cost, like it would probably end up being like a $12,000 emergency room visit, but, uh, you know, the trauma for a very small child to have their stomach pumped when they might not really need to. Um, I'm an EMT, you know, so I do have a little bit of a medical background, so I know uh, how to deal with um, some poison control circumstances, and we called poison control, and, you know, everybody determined that it was fine just to let it ride through the night, um, but uh, yeah, it's just tense, it's tense, tense, you know, so especially when it's your kids, so... <laughs> but I'm up and uh, still doing my show, uh, it's just one of those things, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, what does nail polish taste like? <laughs> like, 
what goes through the minds of kids? You know, I was there before too. You know, when I was a little kid, I took a bite out of my turd in the toilet. You know, I'll say that on, on camera. You know, I did. I did. You know, and I, I, I wanted to see what a, a dead cockroach tasted like when I was two years old. And I did that too, you know? So, um, you know, it's just part of, you know, we're born with a very hearty, uh, immune system and a very strong body. And, uh, you know, we were given that and it doesn't need modern science to reconstruct that for us. It's just my personal opinion, man. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, let's just focus on crypto and because uh, that's what this show is about. Um, CoinGecko is my favorite little coin um, tracker. So let's see here. Uh, Bitcoin. I mean, everything's in the green yesterday. We had a little dip yesterday um, afternoon. So if you were able to buy. Oh, so it still had yesterday's. Okay, token prices up. Okay, no, I just had to refresh the screen. So we are a little down from yesterday. Okay, so I mean, but. Yesterday, everything was up. I mean, there was not a single thing in the red yesterday. Um, and everything now, um, well, I mean, seven-day average, is it's in the green now, which is good. Um, we have, let's see here, Bitcoin at $43,449.57. Um, Ethereum, $3,100, um, down 4.8 from yesterday. Bitcoin's down 3.2% from yesterday. Um, Tether's a stable coin. Binance down 2.9%. USDC is a stable coin. XRP down 8% from yesterday, um, up 34.4% over seven days. Uh, Cardano down 4.67 and uh, um, is up 9.5%. Solana uh, down 7%, uh, 24 hours, up 5.1%. Polkadot down 8%, up 9.4% over the past seven days. Avalanche uh, just remained right even, up 32.9% at $90.47. Um, if you were able to make an arbitrage when Avalanche hit down to around you know uh, the high 50s, low 60s, and then sell again. See, I keep saying it every every day almost that Avalanche is one of those tokens. If you're an arbitrage trader, or you know, if you know how to you know time things, um, our Avalanche could probably be a good one for you. But I don't know how to time anything, so uh, you don't want to take anything I say for financial advice for sure. Because I have shilled some really crappy stuff. Not shilled it, but you know, I've talked about some really crappy stuff on this show. And, uh, you know, just to, to see how it works. That's what I do. I like to poke around and see how things work. And sometimes I'm poking a bear. Um, so let's see here. Uh, Crypto.com um, up 28.1%, down to 2.6% in the past 24 hours. I, you know, this is just a, a little you know, personal prediction, but I think Crypto.com will do very well this weekend. I think there's going to be a lot of ads from the Super Bowl and stuff like that um, happening. Uh, with crypto.com and crypto.com spends a lot of money on marketing and uh, they are very good at it. And I mean, they, they, they've always been good at it. They bought the name crypto.com uh, a long time ago and it was turned out to be a really good investment for them. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, chain cosmos, uh, down 6.1 down 2% over the seven days. So that's one of the few down over the past seven days. Chainlink is at 1763. Uh, near protocol down 7.1 up 8.8 percent in the past seven days uh, let's see so the leo token i wanted to take a look at this one today uh, there's been a lot of stuff happening with the leo token in the past week uh, a lot of things in the headlines um there's been a couple um that have been busted for 3.6 million dollars for having 3.6 million dollars worth of stolen bitcoin 
And uh, that's a big deal, you know. Um, so whether or not they were the hackers of the 2016 Bitfinex exchange hack or they bought those stolen Bitcoin from somebody at some point in an OTC over the counter trade market. Um, well, I don't know. Um, a lot of people argue that these people don't seem smart enough to um, to launder $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin as they stayed in New York City, did not move around much, and were seemingly attempting to launder this stuff through uh, things like um, uh, gift certificates, gift cards. So, <laughs> But the price of the token is up 52% in the past seven days. Um, and so we had a huge surge in people buying it because the Leo token is the token for the Bitfinex exchange. And uh, now that the funds for the Bitfinex exchange have been confiscated by the feds and recovered, and supposedly they're going to be given back to uh, the Bitfinex exchange. And there's a program with the Leo token where the Leo token will be burned uh, up to 80% of the Leo token uh, of the recovered funds. Uh, will be burnt the leo token equivalent i believe of it will be burned and um, i'll get into the details here on this uh, i want to go to an article and just kind of touch on this because i love myself some uh, cat what are you doing so you know the cat decided it wanted to barge in hold on let me shut this door all right cats are weird you know they Hey, hey, what's going on? What are you doing in here? Like, what do you want to hear about? Crypto prices, cat? Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So let, let's take a look at uh, at an article um, at covering uh, Bitfinex fraud. And then we'll get into that couple because that's a little more fun. Um, okay. I, I love juicy uh, crypto crime stories like this. I As I've gotten into crypto and kind of gotten up to speed over the past, there's my alarm. I'm up before my alarm as I um, have got into crypto and I've got up to speed, you know, on, you know, how it all works and things like that. The more I find myself like becoming super fascinated with like crypto crime stories, you know, uh, yeah, I think there could be an entire niche uh, like for, for on Netflix or something like that, that could like focus on like crypto crime. You know? And I think that you know, a lot of a lot of people would probably watch it, you know, maybe, maybe just do it. And I'm sure there is out there already an entire podcast dedicated to nothing but crypto crime. Um, there is you know, a whole lot of stuff right now surrounding like Gerald Cotton. Uh, and a lot of that has been surfaced because Zero X Sifu, um, which was Gerald Cotton's partner in the Quadriga exchange. And that turned out to be a crazy shite show in which. You know, Gerald Cotton, a lot of people still believe that he's alive and faked his death and everything like that. And he ran off with $360 million worth of funds from the Quadriga Exchange. Yeah, man. So there's some pretty crazy stuff that's happened in the crypto financial space. Anyway, uh, Bitfinex, now back to Bitfinex, they got hacked in 2016. And um, there was a lot of Bitcoin stolen. And that Bitcoin is now worth $3.6 billion. It wasn't worth that much in, in 2016. And we'll see here. So Bitfinex cries fraud as crypto capital. Oh, no, wrong article. Uh, I'll get into that here in a second. Um, that was an old article. So Bitfinex backed Leo token soars to record high on supply crunch expectations. Now, let me make sure this window is up so you can follow along if you are watching on YouTube. Um, if you're listening to audio, uh, sorry for this little intermission for a second while I get this squared away. But you have the better audio um, as I do run the 
the audio through an audio program uh, before I upload it for podcasting to the podcasting services like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Play. So um, yeah, feel free to uh, download that and rate this podcast on those. Um, so anyway, the stolen funds surged almost 70% in a day after the DOJ announced that, and this was written on February 9th. So um, yeah, two days ago. The stolen funds surged almost 70% in a day after the DOJ announced that it had recovered most of the stolen funds from the 2016 Bitfinex hack. Um, Unis said Leo, the, the Leo token, um, surged by almost 70% on February 9th to reach its record highs as traders assessed the potential of an incoming supply crunch in its market because um, traders determined that, okay, great, the funds are, are, are recovered they're going to be burning a large portion of those Leo tokens. And so they wanted to capitalize on the, 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 the arbitrage on that. Um, so the token was issued in 2016 to refinance crypto exchange Bitfinex after it lost about $70 million worth of Bitcoin in a hacking incident. Um, in its original white paper explaining Leo, Bitfinex had promised that if they could recover the lost funds, they would use 80% of the proceeds to buy back and burn Leo. So let's take a quick look at this white paper um, as I, I like to do. I like to go to the source. Okay, so anyway, here is the Leo uh, token white paper and the Bitfinex white paper. Um, let's see here. Um, so they're talking about all the different services that Bitfinex offers. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, there's, okay, so let's see here. Um, the Unis said Leo, if you're curious about that, um, uh, the company motto Unis said Leo is a Latin citation from Aesop's fable, The Sow and the Lioness. The fable, in short, details how a sow brags about how many children she has and then asks the lioness if she had only one child. Um, and the lion replies, one, but the lion, you know, so the ethos of quality over quantity and individual strength extends across several elements of iPhoenix from being a privately owned company to our recruitment and operational infrastructure. It's also an ideal that binds us together. Uh, persons linked to our company from team members to shareholders, from communities to individual supporters. So anyway, that's where the Unis said Leo comes from. I was kind of curious about that because I kept seeing that Latin phrase for, um, you know, every time the, the Leo token was mentioned. So let's go scroll down here to where they talk about the uh, Bitfinex hack. So, the history of doing right by our customers. Oh, hold on. Let me move this out so you can see this. It didn't quite all get in frame. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, um, in, on the 2nd of August, 2016, Bitfinex suffered a hack depleting the exchange of 119,756 Bitcoin. To call this a huge loss is a gross understatement, and many exchanges would, and in similar circumstances, did, Throw in the towel in the face of seemingly insurmountable odds. Instead, this the entire Bitfinex team re remained united, united and worked together to find a solution to both save the platform and make everyone whole in under a year. So Bitfinex took a unique approach, allocating the losses across all accounts and crediting specially designed BFX tokens to customers at a ratio of one BFX to one dollar loss. Bitfinex honored its commitment to repay the losses. Within eight months of the security breach, all BFX token holders had their tokens redeemed at 100 cents on the dollar or had exchanged their tokens directly or indirectly for shares of the capital stock of iFinex Incorporated. All BFX tokens were redeemed and destroyed through this process. Okay. Additionally, Bitfinex created a uh, recovery tradable recovery right token, RRT token, for the BFX holders that converted BFX tokens into shares of iFinex. So they 
Some people converted their BFX tokens into shares, and then that in turn got those shares got converted to the RRT tokens. The benefit to RRT tokens was that in the event of any retrieval of the stolen property, and after any outstanding or unconverted BFX token holders um, had been reimbursed, recovered funds would be would be distributed to RRT holders at up to one dollar per RRT. Bitfinex continues to pursue multiple strategies for recovery. Um, it is this is was written in 2019. It is collaborating with law enforcement to track and seize the stolen Bitcoin as soon as they reach any exchange or business. This approach bore some fruit in February 2019 when Bitfinex was able to restore almost 28 Bitcoin thanks to ongoing collaboration with U.S. government. Uh, yeah, thanks to ongoing collaboration with U.S. government. In addition, the company is working with industry leaders to create a procedure to offer the hacker the chance to safely and private re refund the money of the stolen funds while keeping a percentage of them as a reward for collaborating and finally resolving the issue. So kind of a white hat hacker reward. Um, a lot, a lot of people do this, you know, we, you know, I've talked about white hat versus black hat hackers and the whole, um, you know, Danny Sesta thing. Um, so yeah, um, there can be no assurance that, that these or any other strategies will be successful. So, and then they talk about crypto capital and crypto capital is another thing that Bitfinex had an issue with. And uh, crypto capital was involved in some lawn, money laundering issues and things like that and ended up having some of you know, their funds seized. And Bitfinex um, was, had some of their money on crypto capital. And so did Quadriga Exchange as well that Gerald Cotton was involved in were, with that mysterious death. So crypto capital has, has been you know, the center of a lot of uh, um, dastardly activity in the crypto market. So here's an article uh, written on October 30th, 2019. Bitfinex cries fraud as crypto capital executive indicted by U.S. Um, so a look, brief look at the a look at the history of the mysterious firm crypto capital and its ties to Bitfinex as court cases brew. So Bitfinex hasn't really had like the best run here, you know, right between 2016 and 2019, like a lot of stuff is going down. So it looks like now Bitfinex may be seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, with the recovery of these these stolen funds. So we'll see. It uh, doesn't mean I'm going to be rushing out and grabbing, you know, the the token, but uh, yeah, crypto capital's partnership with Bitfinex has garnered significant scrutiny in recent months with the exchange claiming that liquidity issues have been triggered by an inability to access $880 million worth of its funds that were being held by crypto capital. Uh, so yeah, down here, it just talks about the relationship and then it talks about the crypto capital account seized in 2018. Uh, Polish authorities seized $371 million from an account held by crypto uh, and a bunch of Polish letters I can't understand. Uh, in Poland for alleged ties to Colombian cartel operations. Ah, Bitfinex denied the alleged ties to the account seized and claimed that its operations were unaffected by the events. Uh, crypto capital accounts that have been operated on behalf of the now defunct website Backpage were also seized in a sex trafficking bust by authorities in 2018. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, then they had tensions rising, um, and then Bitfinex among so crypto capital had everything seized. And then here's a little chat log here. Um, so, hey, Oz, sorry to bother you every day. Is there any way to move at least $100 million? We are seeing massive withdrawals, and we are not able to face them anymore unless we can transfer some money out of crypto capital. And then on 2018, October 15th, about a month later, uh, Merlin uh, pleaded with crypto capital, so Merlin from Bitfinex, to provide Bitfinex with the funds, warning that too many withdrawals were waiting for a long time and that a failure to respond could be extremely dangerous for the entire crypto community. 
adding Bitcoin could tank below 1,000 if we don't act quickly. On October 17th, Merlin stated that Bitfinex urgently needed $100 million in either Tether USD or USD within one week. Uh, the next day, Merlin told Crypto Capital, too much money is trapped with you and we are currently walking on a very thin crust of ice. So there's some, some trouble. Um, so, you know, Crypto Capital's fallout affected um, Quadriga. Yeah, it affected uh, Bitfinex and, and a bunch of other, other companies. So... Back to this article about the Leo token. Okay, no, let's go back to the white paper here. So um, we had the Bitfinex hack, and then we also have the crypto capital hack. And in Bitfinex's words, in early 2015, Bitfinex established a relationship with a payment processor known as crypto capital. Bitfinex strengthened its relationship with Bit crypto capital in the immediate aftermath of a service inter inter disruption initiated by a U.S. correspondent bank. In late 20, summer 2018, uh, crypto capital represented to Bitfinex that funds in its custody had been the subject of a partial government seizure. Although they were expected to be released shortly, by the end of 2018, Bitfinex grew concerned that crypto capital might fail to return funds there and uh, began negotiating a credit facility for a secured revolving line of credit on commercially reasonable terms. Bitfinex is actively working in various jurisdictions around the world to expedite the return of these funds and is confident in the future success of these efforts although there's no certainty that Bitfinex will be able to recover these funds. Nevertheless, the credit facility provides a stopgap measure in order for Bitfinex to recover operational shortfalls. So there's this LEO token is issued. Um, the summary below describes the principal terms of LEO token. Okay, so <clears throat> the LEO token is a utility token at the heart of the iFinex. It offers, you know, your typical, you know, um, privileges, discounts, and stuff like that uh, for people that, you have, that hold the LEO token on the exchange. Um, typical of any type of exchange token, it offers you percentage discounts, offers you access to certain things and, you know, whatever. Um, so the use of proceeds, proceeds may be used for working capital and general business purposes, including capital expenditures, operating expenses, yada, yada. Uh, so purchase and sale Leo tokens shall be on the terms and conditions. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Uh, commercial uses, reduction of fees and other discounts on Bitfinex and ETHFINEX as described more fully herein. All right. Um, and then the repurchase and burn commitments. Okay, so on a monthly basis, iFinex and its affiliates will buy back LEO token um, from the market equal to a minimum of 27% of the consolidated gross revenues of iFinex from the previous month until no tokens are in commercial circulation. Repurchases will be then uh, made at then prevailing market rates. LEO tokens used to pay fees may also be used to satisfy this repurchase commitment. In addition to the above amount equal to at least 95% of the Recovered funds from crypto capital will be used to purchase and burn outstanding LEO tokens within 18 months from the date of recovery. Okay. And then further, an equal amount of at least 80% of recovered net funds from the Bitfinex hack will be used to repurchase and burn outstanding LEO tokens within 18 months from the date of recovery. So the, the feds just recovered this. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take to be able to get that Bitcoin from the feds and or if the feds are even going to comply and give all of that Bitcoin back. But apparently within 18 months of getting back those funds, then the Leo token will be burned. So it's not something that's going to be happening immediately. So these people that are hoping to arbitrage off the confiscation of those Leo tokens might not be in luck. So anyway, uh, let's go back over here. Around 80% of the stolen Bitcoin recovered on Cointelegraph um, that it seized over $3.6 billion worth of dollars of Bitcoin, around 94,000 Bitcoin stolen from Bitfinex in 2016. As valued per the current Bitcoin to dollar exchange rates, 
Overall, Bitfinex had lost 119,754 Bitcoin to the hack, meaning the cryptocurrency tied to the incident was worth around $4.5 billion at the time of the Department of Justice's seizure. Bitfinex confirmed its promise to use the recovered funds to buy back and burn LEO tokens in an issue statement Tuesday, noting the process would be completed within 18 months of the date it received. Um, so Department of Justice uh, officials told the press that they plan to set up a court process for victims to recover their stolen funds. Nonetheless, they did not disclose, disclose how long the project process would take to finish. If the past is any indication, crypto funds tied to an exchange-related hacks take time. For instance, victims of Mt. Gox $460 million hack from 2013 are still waiting for their refunds. Wait, 2013, how many years ago, man? That's like nine years ago. But Leo Bulls ignored such red flags and went ahead with raising their bids for the token on February 8th, anticipating that the upcoming supply crunch would make the token more valuable in the long run. As it happened, Leo's price rose from its all-time high at $8.14 to what it is now. So um, Adam Cochran, an activist venture capital firm in Cinemian or whatever ventures, identified problems with the ongoing Leo price rally, noting that not all the recovered funds would go through Bitfinex unless those holdings belong to the exchange themselves. There could, of course, be some weird deal structure in place with the custom tokens Bitfinex issued, where they essentially claim they bought the loss off of other customers, and so Bitcoin is theirs, and they can claim it all, and then later distribute. Uh, the executive tweeted on February 8th, adding that he personally won't be purchasing Leo while expecting a quick buyback from Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. so don't, don't, don't bet all your cards on the Leo token, folks. That's all I'm saying. You're not financial advice, but even Adam Cochran here, you know, says that. Uh, so, uh, conversely, Alexander Mamasidikov, okay, co-founder of crypto wallet service Mindplex, called the recovery of Bitfinex funds a right fundamental that could back Leo's growth in the future. So, who knows? Maybe it is the, the, the sun beginning to shine on the Bitfinex cloud, and it could be the chance for Bit, uh, the, to, to establish some, some ground floor foundation and fundamentals that could turn the page for the Bitfinex exchange. Um, native to Bitfinex, Leo has a chance of tagging along with the future ecosystem growth of the trading platform, a move that is built to guarantee the coin's uh, continuous uptrend. So you have the glass half empty and the glass half full here. Leo is arguably underpriced when compared to the native tokens of its major competitors. In the midterm, Leo is poised to touch the $10 resistance point while a quarterly close of $12 likely that could this current growth pace be sustained. Okay, so let's get to the fun stuff real quick before I go. I did not want to leave out because this is what everybody has been uh, tweeting about, all the sensational headlines about this couple. You know, you have you know, uh, th this couple here. Let me go to a picture so you can see um, this, this, this tweet here. Shows a very conservative picture of uh, the couple. I mean, Ilya Lichtenstein, I mean, he looks like a dorky dude. In every picture you see of him, he looks like a standard dorky guy. He looks like the anchor in this couple to her little wild ass. Um, you know, basically, she uh, is a, a woman of many faces, and there's plenty of YouTube videos of her rap. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, honestly, I, I get what she's doing. She's kind of creating ironic rap. You know, it's terrible, and I think it's meant to be terrible. I think she knows that. She's kind of, you know, poking fun and having fun, whatever. But uh, this is a very conservative picture of her. So I will go to a different article. Um, what do $4 billion in missing Bitcoin female rapple, rapper Razzlecon, that's her rapper name, Forbes magazine writer and the U.S. Department of Justice uh, have in common? 
A thread on the 2016 Bitfinex hack, its resolution, and the implications. The strangest story of crypto, the strangest crypto story of the year so far, at least, right? Because it's only in February of 2022. Okay, so um, hold on. Let me check the chat thread. Okay. Hey, what's up, XRP Bull? How you doing? Nice to see you. Yo, yo, welcome. And uh, XRP Bull has been following me for a while and always periodically says, what's up? Um, all right. All right, sorry. Anyway, I wanted to say hi. Uh, the story starts with the infamous, infamous Bitfinex hack. In August 2016, a still unknown hacker gained access to the exchange. So they don't know that it is that couple. They just know that they, that couple held the Bitcoin. Okay, so allowing them to authorize around 2,000 unapproved transactions, they stole 119,754 Bitcoin, were then worth about 74, 72 million, and it tanked uh, the market by nearly four forty percent. So that hack was a really large hack, and it tanked. It made it, it caused a market tank by forty percent. That's a lot. So what happens next? It's unclear, but those coins were likely sold in a P two P OTC deal, a peer to peer or over the counter deal, which means not on an exchange uh, between the hacker and a third party. It was just another one of those several previous smaller hacks of Bitfinex in the eyes of the public, and the exchange never really gained trust. Right. So although most customers hadn't been hacked, the exchange slashed account balance across the platform by 36% to stay solvent. So can you imagine if your funds were on an exchange and they were like, ah, sorry, you know, we got, we, we got, uh, um, yeah, we got hacked. So 36% of your portfolio is, uh, yeah, going to get slashed. Yeah. So to even out this, yeah, account balancing, rebalancing losses were reimbursed in the Bitfinex exchange token Leo. So yeah. So say for instance, you have a bunch of Bitcoin on an exchange, some Ethereum or whatever, and 36% of it gets cut. And they're like, yeah, uh, we're just going to go ahead and take that. And here you can have our Leo token. <laughs> Nothing happened publicly until 2020 when Bitfinex put up a bounty of 400 million for the now 1.3 billion in missing Bitfinex, uh, Bit, Bitcoin. Sorry, the hack moved around a bit, but no one was able to trace it back to any identity. But there are some um, really, really smart Chainalysis people that follow this stuff. And yeah, uh, Bitcoin is traceable. Yeah. So, uh, on January 31st, the on-chain observers began to see strange activity around the wallets holding the funds from the hack. It seems strange to many observers as the funds were consolidating without any privacy-seeking behavior. Because normally, if somebody wants to hide the, the path, they go to Monero and do the ring signatures, or they use Tornado Cash or something like that uh, to, to mix it around, you know, and, and make it hard to follow. Or So the, those are privacy um, uh, tokens and privacy projects, right? And people use those to to hide the source of the funds, all right? So, yeah, to launder. <laughs> Today, the Department of Justice announced that the hack Bitcoin, now worth $3.6 billion, had been recovered. No one had ever really lost track of the Bitcoin, even as those controlling the wallets had tried to hide their trail using the now-defunct Alphabay, Monero, and gift cards. So, gift cards of everything. So, let's take a quick look at this. All right, so uh, I want to see this image here, and it kind of shows a little graph of the path of all this Bitcoin. So that's the thing about Bitcoin is, is everything is is um, really transparent. You know, you can see what's happening. You just can't see who's doing it. So, yeah, uh, let me go to the screen here, and let me get this whole thing up on there for you people watching it. Um, so let me show you this tree here. All right, so look at this big old flow chart i guess you know so it goes to about one two three four five six seven wallets and then uh accounts within those wallets one two 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. All right. A lot. All right. So that's on the Alpha Bay market. I don't know much about the Alpha Bay market, but apparently that's uh, a, 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 was a place where people would try to move stuff around. Okay. And then a bunch of some stuff got, did get moved to uh, Monero. Um, and uh, let's see here. VCE account one and then account one Indian email address. So these are all going to Indian email addresses. So they traced it down to that. I don't really make much sense out of this graph. Um, it seems kind of confusing to me. So pardon me if I can't really follow that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not very good at looking at graphs and flowcharts, if you haven't gathered that. Anyway, although they knew where the funds were, they didn't know who was behind the hack or how to recover them. Trading exchange accounts to India-based emails, they linked Bitcoin to the business and personal accounts of two people, Ilya Liechtenstein and his wife, Heather Morgan. And there they are. Uh, so, yeah, uh, now that they had the identities, they got a warrant to break into the cloud data provider account of Liechtenstein, a dual citizen of Russia and the U.S. Luckily for the Department of Justice, Ilya stored the private keys in plain text on that service, which contained about $3.6 billion in Bitcoin. I don't know about you, but if I had $3.6 billion in Bitcoin, I wouldn't just be storing private keys in plain text on anything. Um, I would be sitting there using... Um, one of those uh, decoder things. Um, what was it on that movie? A Christmas story. Uh, I can't remember the name of that. But uh, yeah, um, Ovaltine. I would be using an Ovaltine decoder, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cold storage for sure. Um, but anyway, uh, here's where the story gets weirder. While they, were in, uh, while they were Bitcoin millionaires on paper, the company had laundered the money via, among other things, purchasing $500 gift cards from Walmart, Uber, Hotels.com, and PlayStation. They couldn't even access most of the money. So here's just a little tree diagramming um, where some of those stolen Bitcoin funds and what what had what they had bought with some of those stolen Bitcoin funds. They're buying gift cards. All right, so let's see here. Uber gift cards. You know, hey, you know, make sure you always have a ride somewhere, you know, <laughs> hotels.com, PlayStation. Um, yeah, and I'm sure their, their, you know, Fortnite accounts were pretty loaded up with, with the necessary gold. Uh, records show that portions of the $500 gift card were then redeemed through three, tra three transactions for personal items via the Walmart iPhone application. Each of the three redemptions were conducted online under Morgan's name using one of Morgan's email addresses and providing Morgan and Liechtenstein's home address for delivery. Oh my God, man. I'm not the sharpest tack in the drawer, but uh, I, yeah, I would not be tying gift cards to my email address and home address and then buying it with stolen Bitcoin. I don't know. On top of that, the couple was relatively known. Heather Morgan was a serial entrepreneur and angel investor who had written for both uh, for Inc. and Forbes magazine on entrepreneurial and social persuasion. All right. So, you know, she's a little New York writer hipster, you know, writing for large magazines. Um, yeah. You know, I used to live in Williamsburg for a while uh, in New York, and that was hipster central back in the early 2000s from you know, two, 2001 to 2005 and stuff like that. Probably still is. I don't know. Maybe all the hipsters have been priced out. But anyway, um, uh, so yeah, Heather Morgan was a serial entrepreneur and angel investor who had written for both Inc. and Forbes magazine on entrepreneurship and social persuasion. Her side gig, Razzlecon, amateur rapper. This rapper, in quotes, with an alias of Razzlecon, a.k.a. Heather Morgan, was charged today in New York City with being part of a money laundering scheme that involved billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. 
Uh, and Ilya Lichtenstein was publicly known as well, a co-founder of MixRank, a Y Combinator-backed startup that helps companies analyze marketing data around customers and competitors. Today, they were both taken into Department of Justice custody. Uh, so there's Ilya Lichtenstein looking like a conservative dweeb and her looking like a crazy ass. Let's, let's just hear this rap music here for a second. I'm curious. All right, so uh, let's take the sound off here and... Uh, um, let's see here. All right, come on now, come on. to it um <laughs> like a female um generation z weird owl vibe um yeah i like I, I don't dog on content creators because i'm a, a terrible content creator myself and um you know I, I i don't know how serious she's trying to be with a rap career here i, I don't know it's pretty funny man like i gotta hand it to her um so yeah anyway um uh, so that's her and that's her husband and uh yeah, they're sitting there trying to launder $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin through through gift cards <laughs> on one of the most famous exchange hacks you know, in, in crypto history. Uh, so as to the Bitcoin, well, hypothetically, it'll be given back to Bitfinex, who plan to buy back their exchange token in a long overdue but maybe ineffective way to repay customers. Their token, Leo, is mooning on the news and has made its way to the top 25 cryptos. This has big, big implications for both Leo and Bitcoin as it represents a huge block of Bitcoin that will come back on the market. Uh, with selling methods like TWAP, TWAP as well, I don't know what that is, but okay, as well as over-the-counter deals, it's likely that it doesn't affect the Bitcoin market too much, but $4, $4 billion of Bitcoin is a decent chunk. Um, also, now the federal government has nearly $4 billion in crypto on their balance sheet. Yeah, it's not technically theirs, but on the other hand, <laughs> governments, on the other hand, it is... Um, also shows us that the Department of Justice is both closely, exa closely examining and deploying massive resources to the crypto industry. Uh -huh. It's a good reminder that exchanges aren't 100% safe and that Bitcoin isn't private and that you should store your keys offline in an insane, sag an insane saga another day in crypto. So yeah, man. Um, that was a good thread by Jack Newold. Um, I don't know who he is, but I follow him. And uh, yeah, um, I, yet again, another more drama in the crypto space. I love it. I love crypto drama I, as far as like crypto crime drama. There's a lot of other crypto drama going on right now that I don't particularly love. Um, you know, social justice warrior type of drama. I don't get into that. I like crypto crime drama. This stuff is juicy to me. It's fun. All right. That being said, I'm going to go ahead and um, get on down to work. Uh, I'll probably have to take the kid to school because the other kid decided to want to drink nail polish <laughs> remover. All right. Uh, so, 
<laughs> All right, man. I will talk to you guys probably tomorrow. Uh, who knows what we'll be talking about? I got a whole whole list of stuff I got to talk about, man. Like people put in suggestions, and I appreciate it. Give me a thumbs up if you like this content. Um, you know, um, yeah, subscribe on my my podcast platforms like Spotify and stuff like that, and, and Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and all that crap. Um, yeah, so um, I'll I gotta get on down, do that commute down to work, and time to get up go to work. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to EurekaJohn.crypto or EurekaJohn.eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again. Thanks again.